Good evening. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, June 15th. Um, I am your host, Randall. I have my partners in crime here. You know that I say your name and I point at you. Thomas. And Enos. And I'm, I'm the madman here on the board. There we go. There All right. he is. So, got a lot to cover uh, this week. Some uh, exciting new stuff. In fact, Enos, one of the things we were just talking about before we went on there, I actually have a follow-up on it. Um, actually, I'll just throw it out there now. Um, we were talking about Heroes in Crisis 9 and the way that ended. Right. I don't know if you caught the news. There's now going to be a series following up that in September called Flash Forward. Ooh. Showing where's Wally going to go from there. Ah, yes. So, that will be purchased. I think I actually just read that today. So, Because i got to be honest, I was a little bit upset. that. And By the way, guys, if you haven't finished reading Heroes in Crisis, I'm about to spoil it. I was a little bit upset that Wally was revealed to be the killer, um, even though it was an accident type of thing. Uh, although I really do love the way he brought back Poison Ivy in, in the story. Uh, because especially when he tells his future self, there's a rose floating in Gotham Harbor, get it and bring it back and plant it because that was Poison Ivy. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, follow-up, flash forward coming in September. Yes, you have to wait till September. So. Ah. See, you know, what was, who was it, the Commodores, Earth, Wind, and Fire? See you in September? Don't yeah, so, that's it. Um, so how was everybody's weekend? Ah, good. good. Great here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I actually uh, was telling uh, – Tommy about this before you came in. So here in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, we have a, a live music venue called Celebrate Virginia Live. Right. And I have a friend who works the, the bars there. Read so, about it. <laughs> so he got me into the Tesla concert for free this weekend. Not to mention he gave nice. me free beer. And I was like, <laughs> so, no, you love that. Oh, oh yeah. I walked over. I just walked over like, you want a beer? I'm like, damn right I want a beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And every time I went over there, you want a beer? Sam right on a beer. All right. So um, let's get to the news items, shall we? Let's. So remember last week we were talking about uh, how Tom King's being pulled off Batman with issue 85, mm -hmm. but that they're going to let him do Batman Catwoman miniseries or mm -hmm. like a 12-ish miniseries, and they showed us the cover for it, right? Yes. So here's the news that dropped this week. Clay Mann, who I guess is doing the art for it, showed another cover. It is the same cover as the one that they showed with the previews with Batman and Catwoman in a little embrace thing, right? The difference is, this time, it is still them in the same embrace, but they're being reflected in the bladed weapon of the Phantasm. Oh, snap. And behind them, you see the Phantasm's mask, which I don't know if you remember, the big first um, one premiere animated movie was Batman, Mask, mask of the, the Phantasm. Phantasm. It was a great movie. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm Voiced really, by the lovely Dana Delaney. So I'm really hoping that that's what they're doing is they're going to bring Phantasm into the, the DC mythos. Which I think they already have, but no one's really seen them since that movie, right? No. And you're right, because Phantasm ends up being um, one of his ex Andrew Beaumont. Right, yeah. And if um, you recall from Justice League Unlimited, in the, the um, season finale of the first season was an episode called Epilogue where we found out why Terry McGinnis looks, un looks a yeah, lot like Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's his dad. And Amanda Waller enlisted Andrea Beaumont to recreate the death of his parents to try to create another Batman, but she had a change of heart. Right. What was really great about that was in that episode, she goes, it wasn't hard to do. He left his DNA all over it, town. All over town, yeah. <laughs> and then Terry looks at him, she's like, not even remotely what I meant. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, Marvel, you actually like this one, I think, uh, Thomas. We're going to get a new Black Widow series. Oh, yeah. Um, it's actually going to be more along the lines of spy espionage feel of it. So it's called The Web of Black Widow. That's also coming out um, in September. That could be good. So it's going to be written by Jody Hauser and illustrated by Stephen Mooney. Don't know who either one of them are. But, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Nope. I didn't realize that apparently they had already done a Black Widow series earlier. And so this is – and it was the same type of thing. They touched on her origin and made it like a whole spy thriller. Well, I guess they're going to kind of revamp even that series and, and get in more in-depth on her origin. So that might actually be pretty good. That could be. So oh, here's another one too. And this one that just kind of like made me shake my head. So remember Jonathan Hickman? He did his uh, New Avengers, which led up to the whole Incursion storyline and then Secret Wars. And as a result of Secret Wars – the Ultimate Universe went bye-bye. No more, right? right? They're bringing it back in Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Of course they are. It's issue number 10. Um, they Now, Marvel has been hinting that, yes, the Ultimate Universe could come back, but they pretty much have said, yes, it's going to happen. Yeah, this isn't the first I've heard of it. Right. Spider-Man 10. Now you know it's, it's actually coming in September. I was a big fan of Ultimate X-Men there for a while. I thought that was, I, that was a really good book. I didn't, I didn't read that one. I actually really did like Ultimate Fantastic Four. 
That was actually a nice take on the team. I never mm-hmm. read it, but it looked like it was pretty good. And that was the one um, that Gave premiered us, uh, the Marvel Zombies Marvel, that everybody Marvel lost Zombies. their mind over. Yeah. Which was actually kind of cool, too, because Reed pulls them in, and they play it real coy, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're just from another universe. And he gets there, and then he finds out, you sucker, we ran out of food. That's why you wanted to come over here. And you're just like, wow, these guys are evil. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? So have you heard about what Brian Michael Bendis has been tweeting over the last few days with his DC Millennium? No. Oh. So now get this. Apparently something huge is coming, and I think if I remember correctly, don't hold me to this. I would have to go internet this. But I think he's actually going to reveal what DC Millennium is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing all these tweets with the hashtag of DC Millennium, and he's been putting these teasing pictures in it. Now, this is who he's revealed so far. Legion of Superheroes, OMAC, Batman Beyond, and Death of Superman. All those images have been related to those. Hmm. In, in fact, you actually see in a Death of Superman, you see the, the familiar broken piece of wood with the tattered cape flowing off of it. And in the Batman Beyond, when you actually see the Terry McGinnis Batman. Right. So apparently, I guess he's going to be doing something big with the um, with all those previous storylines. Because if you remember, if, if you went back to DC or the villain uh, 25 Cent special that just came in a couple weeks ago, there is a part where Leviathan is telling Batgirl, this universe doesn't work. And he specifically refers to the one before it. Mm-hmm. Ah, um, um, pre-Flashpoint? Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. So I would not be surprised if there's not a big tie-in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Especially since he's also the one um, piloting the whole uh, Event Leviathan storyline that's, that's come out. In fact, Event Leviathan number one just came out today. Okay. Um, and that, that's his baby. Because remember, they got the three big ones they're doing this summer. Year of the Villain, Event Leviathan, and... Dang, if I can remember the third one. You're the villain event Leviathan. Deleted. Deceased. Deceased. Deceased is not the same, though. That's it's not, oh, okay. That's been good so far. I need to, to read issue two. I just got it, it today. Issue two. And speaking of Deceased, since you went there, um, they also now are going to release a Deceased Mr. Miracle one-shot special. Wow. Um, with him and Big Barda trying to combat the anti-life equation virus, which has created the Deceased. Is, uh, is it written by your boy? It is not. And... and you're lucky I can't reach you because I would just slap you in the face. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Who's, doing, <laughs> who's doing the art on that? He did have I that run do on not, Mr. Miracle. I so do not remember. Um, I kind of just grabbed the headline really quickly and stuck it into my notes um, because I think that's another one that's not coming until maybe September, October time. Well, it's just as good as Barkley's. I'm a big, big fan of Mr. Miracle. Right. Well, and give Tom King his props. He right. did make the character really popular again. Right. A lot of people who didn't know who he was grabbed that, that 12 of Maxi series. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that. You remember when you and I were conversating the weekend, I sent you a video how some people were stupid enough to think it was, that Mr. Miracle was a ripoff of Iron Man? Right. right. How, people, <laughs> <laughs> how can you be so stupid? Well, you know, it, it, it never fails to amaze me the, the amount of stupidity of some people that get oh, yeah. mentioned at a con. Well, there's people out there that think that, that you know, Namor is a ripoff of Aquaman instead of the other right. way around. Right. right. I mean, so I'll give you, here, I'll give you a great one. When Tommy and I were at Awesome Con, okay, uh-huh. and him and I were standing at this one dealer's booth and we were looking at the comics, and he had a graded copy, I think it might have been graded, I don't remember, of Fantastic Four number 27. The one with Namor standing there with his crown in Atlantis and like Sue Richards behind him. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and the rest of them in front of him was obviously a standoff. And the big blurb on the cover was In Search of Submariner, right? Um, so Tommy goes, Hey, Randy, look. I says, Oh, yeah, Fantastic Four 27. And the dealer, the dealer now. Oh, my God, no. Goes, Oh, yeah, that, that's the first Silver Age Submariner. And I went, uh, no, it's no, not. No, it's not. <laughs> He's like, are you sure? And like, I know what I'm talking about. It's Fantastic Four number four, and maybe you need to do some research before you go pushing this crap. Because mm. he went and looked it up. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm like, yes, I know I'm right. <laughs> I had a guy on a um on a on a on a on the Marvel Facebook page was trying to say that Monica Rambeau was the first Captain Marvel. And I had to correct him. I was like, no, there's been several before her. Yo, she's not even the first Captain Marvel in Marvel Comics. What's, right. what's funny is every and, once in a while... Sorry, go ahead. And apparently, I guess... I didn't do anything, but apparently Marvel blocked him or something because they deleted the thread <laughs> because, because he must have said something. And he sent me like this really belligerent you know, message through Facebook Messenger, and I just read it and deleted it. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't have time for you. If you're if you're gonna be ignorant and you know not, you know, not look not, not look at what I had to say and everything, I I just don't have time. Yes, for you may, Eunice. To all of our fans, I'm serious about this. We have fans. Do 
all of our listeners, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, folks. Between Randy, Tommy, myself, and Madman, there is a hundred years or better of comic reading and comic knowledge. Absolutely. If you come up to us and try to sell us on some of the nonsense that you have been, that you have called yourself being knowledgeable about based on the distortion of movies, television, and what have you, let me be the first to warn you, we're going to own you. Because, <laughs> because of the simple fact that we're going to take you to school. So I have three words for you. Do your homework. Because doesn't, and I think I speak for everyone here when I say, nothing irritates us more than you approaching a comic book dealer or another fan and try to promote yourself like you're so knowledgeable when you are only basing it off of limited and incorrect knowledge. And if you come across us, again, we're going to own you. And you and you know you say, "Well, take them to school." We're gonna take that, them. To that'll school. be Catholic school where they smack your knuckles with oh, the wood. Oh yeah, and, 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 and trust me when I tell you, we'll do our best to be nice, but you're you're talking about something that, and you're talking to people who are more knowledgeable than you on this. Trust me on that. So, and you have you seen that meme of Nathan Fillion? And I want to say it's from Castle where he wants to correct somebody, but he can't do it. And it's one where he's like got his fingers at his mouth and he tries <laughs> yes. to point and then he just pulls it back and he gets yep. this look in his face like, I can't. Every once in a while at a con, somebody will say that and I'll be like, and I just let it go. <laughs> because I have a friend that I made on, made on Facebook who is part of, a, of my, the uh, pages and everything. When I first met him, I said, do your homework. He, he took offense to it. I said, no, no, young brother. What I mean is, when you, I said, do your homework on your characters, research them, find out storylines and everything. He said, and then he came back to me and he told me, he said, you know what? I got you. I got you. And, and, and it was just like, you know, there was another post that he had about maybe a couple of months later. He said, brother, big brother Enos did my homework. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm, I'm not what you would call ate up, but I'm all about if you're going to tell something, tell it right. And if you're going to approach someone and try to be knowledgeable, you better be a little careful who you're talking to because you might get embarrassed. And I don't want to see that happen. But as Bugs Bunny once said, remember, you're asking for it. So it's only fair to let you know. And if you're going to play funky music, play it right, white boy. Bingo. All right, so other, other news items here. So, you know, um, the whole War of the Realms thing is going on over at Marvel right now. And one of the titles that's going to be coming out of it is, a, is one called Strike Force, which is going to be written by uh, Tini Howard, I guess, T-I-N-I. I'm sorry if I just butchered that. And illustrated by German Parada. But here's what's cool. They revealed who the team is going to be. And it's going to be like Angela and Blade and Winter Soldier, Spectrum, Hellstrom, oh, Wiccan. But they also revealed the last member is going to be Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. And she's back in the original red and Ooh. yellow and not that god-awful revamp thing they did a few years mm. ago. You know, I actually dropped the book when they did that. Mm. Wow. You know, when you just said that name, Strike Force, yeah. I was like, Strike Force that, Mortuary. That's that, that one of the Mortal most Mortal 90s Mortal. sounding team names yeah. I think yeah. I've ever heard in my well, entire life. I immediately had flashbacks to like 1993. And <laughs> apparently this is going to be a lot, well, I can't say it on the same lines because I didn't read that book, but it's going to be like the covert Avengers, taking on the things that Avengers can't do out in the open. Exactly. Mm. Like that could be good. So. And you be, being that you named Spectrum, we're our, um, our beloved Monica Rambeau is going to be part of that's who Spectrum is. So um, we'll, we'll get to see her again. Yeah. I, might, but do, I might get there just to see her. I, I might pick that up, too. I've, I've always been a big, big fan of, uh, of Spider-Woman. I will oh, probably yeah. pick it up for no reason other than Jessica Drew. Jessica really Drew. Mad. Oh, yeah. Remember the animated just, series? Just like She-Hulk. If, if, if She-Hulk's in it, I'm probably picking it up just to get my She-Hulk fix. I hear you. Um, also, too, and I can't believe this just happened so fast, uh, DC Streaming Universe has already canceled Swamp Thing. Yep, after one episode. One, one episode and cut. One and done. And They're going to put out the rest of them. But yeah. Right. Aww. Well, yeah, there's not going to be a season, season there's two. There's not going to be a season, season two. two. But now, and have you heard why? It's, there's one of two rumors. Take your pick. One of them is that North Carolina screwed up in their accounting and was supposed to be giving them a $23 million tax break to it's make $40 it million. To, to, uh, Well, 
40 million, 23 million, give or take half a dozen or the other, was supposed to give them a tax break to help offset the cost, and instead ended up costing them 40 million. Um, wow. Then there's also rumors that Warner Brothers is going to be redoing their streaming service and going to be absorbing the DC shows with that. So. Well, I, I mean, if, if they do that, show. if they do that and they absorb it, that means that's fine. But I really hope they don't get rid of DC Universe because I really do enjoy reading the comics. I, it's I, a great app, exactly. Yeah, it's a great app. I if mean, you I, wanted, I, hopefully they keep they keep the the comic portion of it because right. I I've, I've had a lot of I've, I've read a lot, especially there. now that they're adding a lot of their back library because yeah. I think they realize, hey, Marvel has every known comic they've done on the app. We yeah, need we to, need to get in thing. on that. Yeah, and I'm totally okay if they take all the streaming and give it to Warner. I'll be there just for the, the books. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd keep, I'd keep oh, my yeah. subscription just for the for And the books. to tell you, I'm not a horror fan, not by any means, but I am really digging Swamp Thing. Or should I say, Swamp Thing. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I like the first episode. I haven't seen yeah. the, the yeah. other. The second one is freaking it. awesome, man. So, new items that came out. Oh, actually, duh, before we go there, one more na- last news items. And, it's, you know, we should probably have a moment in silence for the death of Rob Liefeld's Twitter account. You deserve it, you dumbass. I think someone wants to talk about that a little bit here in a minute. Yeah, well, go ahead right now. Have at it. And segueing into that, folks, i like to start a new feature. Um, <laughs> this was inspired by Charlemagne the God from the uh, Breakfast Club that you can watch on the Internet. He has a segment every day called Donkey of the Day. In other words, it's, and it's, uh, and it's pretty self-explanatory. This is... Giving a spotlight to somebody who does or says something incredibly stupid. So I am going to in, engage in our version of it, but it is going to be inspired by one of our, our favorite television shows, Sanford and Son, the Lost in the Long Box, you big dummy of the week. And that is Mr. Liefeld. Yes, it is. Mr. Liefeld. Mr. Cereal Bowl haircut himself, decided to go on Twitter and say that DC is going to, quote, drive off a clip. Cliff. Well, Cliff, my goodness. And what he was saying was basically that DC, other than Batman, has absolutely nothing, and Batman is the saving grace. Of the of this company, and that's why they're still from sooner or later. Let me interrupt real quickly. He says that, and yet, if you look at the top ten comics from May, six of them were DC titles. Exactly, exactly. That. See, this is why I like you, man, because you and I are on the same wavelength on a lot of stuff. And as Randy said, ladies and gentlemen, if you look at the top ten, um, don't let let it be. Don't get it twisted. DC is handling their business. Their movies. That's debatable. Mar- uh, but when it comes to the comics, Marvel is like hammer time. They can't touch them. And, um, and so my question to you, Mr. Liefeld, is what were you smoking? Or did you have or, or was the last cereal bowl that was put on top of your head when you got that haircut too tight where it cut the blood flow off to where you weren't thinking? How in the world can you sit up there and slam the granddaddy of all comic book publishers who create who is responsible for publishing the one character who ushered in the superhero um John the superhero or the age of superheroes period Superman and gonna say that they're gonna drive under or that a character that came behind him and though I, I love Batman, but let's be real. Uh, Batman is, he may be popular, but he wasn't the first mm-hmm. and, um, and who gave you this. And then you're going to say that these guys are going to drive off a cliff real soon. Learn to draw some feet, brother. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, and stop biting other people's stuff and get original. And, and uh, I think you can find somebody else to go off a cliff, but folks, DC ain't going nowhere. Well, mm-hmm. The so, distinguished competition. Period. Right. In the discussion. It's funny because Enos came by my desk today to tell me at work that he wanted to, to do this segment. And the first thing I said, you're going to talk about Rob Liefeld, aren't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had read that. I was like, oh, my well, God. Did, he, did, he, did you do him like I do you when you start going off on a tent? I go, save it for the show. Save it for the show. <laughs> oh, no. We didn't, dis- we, we didn't discuss no, no, very we didn't discuss much of it. Very much of it. So, Mr. Liefeld, you are the inaugural. You big. Of the week on Lost in the Long Box. Now, did you hear that he's not willing to autograph the New Mutants 98 facsimile edition? I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Before long, he's not going to sign New Mutants 98. Um, but 
but it was funny. You said learn how to draw feet, and I'm thinking and boobs and hands right. and waist yeah. and chest and heads. And Captain America's <laughs> chest is not that big. Right. <laughs> okay. So new releases this week. There's only two that were notable for me. Obviously, it was Event Leviathan number one, um, which is the, the one of the big events at DC. You know, maybe it is deceased. It's the, it's the third one. So there's Year of the Villain, Leviathan. Which, by the way, deceased number one was the top selling comic. <laughs> yes, it in was. The month of May. No, there is a third villain thing. What did you say, Madman? I said it's, it was deleted, wasn't it? <laughs> deleted, damn it. <laughs> so, and the other one that came out I'm today, to um, and it's by the hot writer Donnie Cates, who seems to be doing the only thing at Marvel that sells. Silver Surfer Black number one came out today. I did want to check that out. I actually picked one up because I'm curious. I haven't read anything, and Silver Surfer has I, always been a good character. I've always liked the Silver Surfer. So I figured I'll go ahead and give it a shot. All right, so we have covered new releases. We had covered the newsworthy items. Um, Enos got up on the soapbox and slapped Rob Liefeld. God, I wish I had that on camera. Um, so before we go any further, kind ching, of. ching, <laughs> pay my bills. Okay, uh, yeah. Austin Longbox is sponsored by Flashback Comics. They're based out of Woodbridge, Virginia, and they have tons of new comics, tons of back issues, tons of trade paperbacks, and toys and statues. They're located at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. They're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and on Sundays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy that Lost in the Longbox sent you. That helps us a lot. Let him know that uh, we sent you. So he knows his uh, ad money is well spent. Right, and that we didn't just buy pizza with it. And mm -hmm. you know this man. That's right. Yeah. We haven't bought pizza with it yet. All right, so this is actually a follow-up to last week's um, episode, because last week we were talking about the, the runs that either saved the series or revamped it, turned it around, and got more readers on it. So, And I actually thought about this, uh, like, I guess in the shower, this... Odd things oh, happening. No, yeah, no, some, no. I'm going to tell you what. Some weird crap goes down in the I shower. I don't want to know about what so. <laughs> weird crap you're doing in the shower. And I said, hey, no, no. we should do a follow-up to that. So now let's talk about comic storyline train wrecks. Oh, yeah. The ones that when they put it out and you're reading it, you kept going, what the F, man? Mm. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to look up something. So, Thomas, you get to start with that. Well, uh, we've already talked about this once, but... You've got to start with it when you talk about the biggest train wrecks ever. Oh, yes. And that's the Clone Saga. Oh, yeah. I mean, we dedicated an entire show to it, but when, when, you're, when you're talking about you know, WTF, you know, what happened here, I think everybody that grew up during this time period knows the Clone Saga. And Well, remember, too, the Clone Saga wasn't supposed to go that long. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And I mean, you know, I'm not blaming anybody that wrote it or anything like that. I mean, I don't completely think it's their fault. I mean, they, you know, as we talked about in the previous, uh, you know, episode, it, they were sabotaged. They were told to draw it out. They were, you know, given all these, you know, editorial ultimatums and everything like that. And when they really had nowhere to go with it, it you know, it wasn't necessarily creative's fault, but it was terrible. Right. It's, well... And, it, it took a lot of people away from from Spider-Man for a long time. Well, uh, I was going to say, that event ties into one of the, my train wrecks. So since you went ahead and just set me up, um, just like playing volleyball, you, you set it up and I bat and it over. Spike it over. I'm spike going it. to, um, as soon as I pull up my notes, I'm going to pull up the follow-up event that for me was just a, a massive train wreck and everybody just like shook their head and just cussed. And that's Spider-Man One More Day. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, you got to have that in there, too. Because the, the whole problem with One More Day was, and, and here's what's funny. One More Day was the whole thing where because of Civil War um, and Spider-Man's identity gets outed, Kingpin hires a hitman from prison, and he shoots at Peter Parker from across the road to the window. Um, so <laughs> Peter Parker's spider sense goes off, of course, and he tells Mary Jane to duck and doesn't already tell Mary Aunt May to duck. So Aunt May is the one who gets hit by the bullet. And apparently she's in such fatal condition that the only way to save her is he goes to Mephisto and says, save my Aunt May, I'll do whatever you want. And Mephisto's like, fine, I want your marriage. And they're like, what? And he goes, surrender your marriage for one, you know, your loved one another, and I'll save your Aunt May. And That doesn't even make any sense. No. Right? Well, and, and it's all because Butthead Casada. Um, said that he didn't like the marriage of Spider-Man and Mary Jane. He wanted to go back to the original fun-loving, free-swinging Spider-Man who cracked jokes all the time and didn't have a care in the world, and he felt that the married Spider-Man was too serious. So in the story, 
he tells Peter Parker that, and he goes, well, I have to tell it to Mary Jane, you know. And he goes back, he tells Mary Jane, and Mephisto says, okay, fine. I'll give you 24 hours to make the decision. And, of course, they both show up, and they decide to do it. And Mary Jane tells Mephisto, well, I do it on the condition that you leave him alone from here on. You don't ever bother him again, blah, 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 right? So, and that was for me, like, okay, this is such a crap wrap-up because you took what could have been a very key element. If you wanted to do that, fine. But the way you should have done it was you should have told them, I want your marriage, but you'll always know that you love one another, but you can't ever be together. Instead, he just knows it all, so they don't even remember it. Yeah. And I said, that was, it would have been a much more tragic if it was like they knew they loved each other, wanted to be together, but they couldn't. Well, some so as soon as they did, couldn't. Aunt May would die. And correct me if I'm wrong, J. Michael Straczynski wanted his name taken off of this because yes. uh, it yeah. was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you you know it's it's terrible when one of the people that wrote it said you know what I I don't think I want anything to you do with that anymore. You have to credit me well, on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, just leave well, me out. Well, again, of that. it's another one where the editor shoehorned him into that, and he said right from the get go, I don't want to do this. Now, remember, the the person who takes over the writing for Spider Man was was kind of doing fill in issues at that point anyway. That was Dan Slott. Dan Slott. Dan Slott takes over the book regularly from Spider Man um, five forty five because everybody talks about how bad and what a train wreck uh, one more day is. It only was four issues. Wow. So it was Spider-Man. Yeah, that was the thing that surprised me when I looked it up because I, for whatever reason, I you know, it, think it, it was, was a long, I, I, I thought it was a lot long, longer. Like most things right. like that, it wasn't a year long. You're right. It was only about four issues. Right. But, well, I can tell you exactly. It was Amazing Spider-Man 544, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man 24, Sensational Spider-Man 41, and then Spider-Man 545. And you're like, wow, how did you have such a train wreck in four issues? Which is basically what? Two months? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And a month and a half. A month and a half, right. Yeah, three, a month and a half. Three of those titles all came so, out the same month. Yeah, so not even quite two months. Here's the kick in the butt. The stories with Spider-Man and, Mary, and with Peter and Mary Jane being married were selling. Right. They were, they were bringing in the money. People loved it. And I think that was one of the reasons why. I'm, and this is one of the reasons why I'm, bad, I'm glad that DC went back to the original Superman, Lois Lane, and brought them back and have John is because Superman and Lois being married was working. Right. And this was working. This was, I have to say, this was a, this was a completely bonehead play by, by Kazada, a guy that I thought had more respect for, for, for the characters in the medium than this because that was just outwardly stupid. Right. Well, and remember, I think maybe two years after that, Dan Slott, who was writing Spider-Man, actually came out and said, I could have told all these stories with a married Spider-Man. Yeah. It, it, it made no difference. And, 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 and that was the thing that makes it so, so less impactful is that it really caused a ripple instead of a tidal wave. Right. It was like, eh. But but it was like, you know, it wasn't sense shatter or anything. And a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people said, screw you, Spider-Man, after that and didn't come back until Slot took over and started really getting, started to really get going well, he with he the took, superior. He took over there. Right. Um, but because I remember this was also groundbreaking for me in that it was the first time that I ever boycotted a company, just outright boycotted and said, I'm not buying any more of your titles, any of them. Right. Um, because I was that aggravated that, like, why did so you wanted to end a marriage? Okay, fine, but you did it in such a crappy way um, that there's there was really no. I don't know. And, and and truthfully, the foundation. How many times have there has Aunt May been on her deathbed? Right. It makes me think about um an episode of uh, Welcome Back, Carter, when Mr. Woodman would walk in the class was telling Gabriel about his um, students and being absent, and he said Epstein's mother died, grandmother died three times. Right. So, so it's like, you know, <laughs> you got on May, she's on her deathbed every other, she's been on her deathbed every other year since 1963. Right. Well, didn't they kill her off, too, at one time And then, then they killed her off and still brought yeah. her back. Right. Yeah. The woman was about two and two hundred fifty years old. The only the only way I can even equate this is Stephen King's book Pet Cemetery. Who he killed hmm. those he killed those pets and those kids for no reason other than to have something to put in the cemetery. Because that was the only motivation. Well, I need something to put in this cursed ground, and that was a story. So, but yeah. So Enos, what do you got? 
it's funny. You know, funny we were talking about Batman earlier with uh, the big dummy of the week, Mister Liefeld. However, uh-uh. I'm about to give you a title that, despite a superstar writer and a superstar artist, it sunk big time, and that's All Star Batman and Robin. Oh God, what a uh, that was uh, horrible. Yeah, Frank Miller was on Frank, that. Who was the artist on that? Jim, Jim Lee. Lee. Jim Lee. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Can we I do it again in stereo? Jim, Jim Lee. Lee. <laughs> that and should have been amazing. This book alone is proof positive that even the biggest names in comics, if you don't respect the character and you put out total garbage, it is not going to sell. And this book, now oh. I will. I will be the first to admit, I bought the book because it's Batman. But when I sat and I read this, and I'm like, how did Frank Miller go from having this respect and regard for the character the way he did in The Dark Knight Returns to this utter, that, well, I don't know what that was. That was not Batman, especially I'm the GD Batman. Right. And... Having eaten, trying to make Dick Grayson eat rats, and um, it was it, it was and it was just like he was stalking the dude. He made Bruce Wayne look perverted because he had been scouting Dick Grayson, and it made you wonder if he was the one that was behind the Graysons falling to their death, yeah. so that he could recruit Dick Grayson and make him his squire. And if I remember, that series didn't even finish, did it? It Wasn't, never finished. Yeah, 10 was the last one. And you know what's funny? Jim Lee was the one who admitted, I was reading that book fell behind schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't and, and, Miller. And, and, and it wasn't Miller. And, and, Jim, and, and Jim Lee is kind of like doing what George Clooney did with Batman and Robin, taking the blame for the fall right. of the franchise. That was not George Clooney's fault. That wasn't even, I'm, surprisingly, it wasn't Schumacher's fault. That was completely Warner Brothers. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think the reason Jim Lee was laid on it and why it didn't finish is I think once he got to issue two or three, Jim Lee secretly felt, oh, this is shite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't keep doing it. Oh, I yeah. need to make this book fail. But the book actually was selling because Jim Lee's the, name was on Jim, it. That was the only reason And then it people were buying it and going, God, this is horrible. But I'm sure it was a beautiful book, though. It, oh, the art was excellent. That's As we were just saying, that is what sold the book. Yeah. The thing of it was, Frank Miller just completely slapped the Batman mythology in the face. He spit in the face of it. Yeah, I never bought this book because I heard, I, I heard bad things about it. Because, you know... Didn't Batman kill in this this series? Yeah, he has. He he, he yeah. bust up a lot of people. I mean, I I understand in the beginning that you know back in the Detective Comics twenty seven days, you know, he, right. he didn't have any problems with it. But later on, it was established that he didn't kill. I mean, yeah, that right. kind of goes against him. I mean, he did it for so long, like in the forties and the fifties, that which is why when everybody was losing their mind over Batman and Superman, where Batman kills, I'm like, well, yeah, I know, and, and and I get that, but that's not the Batman that I knew. Also, so. too. Doesn't he really um, take a perverse stance towards Wonder Woman in that series as well? I, I seem to remember he almost over-treats her just like as a sex object in that uh, series. Basically, yes. Which but is probably the wrong Bat- woman to do that to. Batman, basically, he was... Batman has always been a character that whether you loved him or hate him, he's always had a code of honor. Right. This fool, book. <laughs> this fool had none. He had no filter. He was, let's put it this way. He was so he was so vile, he made the Joker look good. Right. Yeah, that's that, how vile this Batman was. I I think I and I gotta tell you, I think I read like the first two issues of it and just couldn't stomach it. And I think it was because of how atrocious that book was. That I didn't give All Star Superman a better chance. Oh yeah, and that was actually a good story. That See, was, I didn't like All Star Superman. All Star Superman was great Com- compared I, to All Star Batman. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a masterpiece. It was Les Miserables compared to Dog on All Star. I didn't, I didn't care. Superman. I didn't care for. Uh, I didn't care for All Star Superman. I liked the art. I thought Frank quietly did a right. great job with the, the art, but well, the, I, I didn't. Well, that's because care for the it really harkens back to the the silliness of the 40s and 50s Superman. Right. So you have to read it from that standpoint. Yeah. Hey, Madman, you got anything uh, that you thought was a train wreck? And you're like, why in the hell did this get approved or even published? Well, when you uh, announced what we're going to be talking about earlier this week, uh, the, the only thing that popped in my head was the round robin 
storyline from uh, Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, that's the only thing that popped in my head. Because that was the only time I thought where I'm just like, I'm not buying this comic book anymore. And it was, um, it was you know, McFarlane was working on it, you know. It, oh, right. Yeah, it, but, I mean, you had, they just shoved, like, so many people into this this story that I couldn't really follow what was going on. Is that the on. one where they had um, X-Force team up? No, it was like like Moon Knight's, uh, what's his name? Sidekick Midnight? Midnight, oh, yeah. yeah it got yeah, yeah, brought yeah, back yeah, to yeah, life yeah. as a cyborg or something like that. And it had like uh, Nova and Night Thrasher and oh, Dark. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see the covers now. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and there's just so many people in there. And at the same time, they had just like switched it to putting out two books a month. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was like more than my allowance could allow at the time. Oh, and so wow. I was like, I, I can't, I can't buy this anymore. Well, that was right during the era when somehow the comic collector got convinced that art was more important than story. Yeah. Because for a lot uh, of the books, the both 90s. for Marvel and DC, they were just freaking unreadable. Oh yeah. God. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. This is this was the wonderful time known as the nineties. Yeah. Where books were beautiful, for the most part. Yeah. We're With looking at you, Rob, as an example of ones that weren't. <laughs> right. But you know, like you said, a lot of them were unreadable. Yeah, you had to read them with drafting tools to keep track of what the hell had just gone on. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was some good stuff that came out of the 90s. There was. Right. But, you know, most of it was, like you said, art first. Well, we used to – I had a friend that when they all – when uh, Liefeld and Lee and, and all of them split off to make uh, Image, we made the running joke that you couldn't read an Image book. You could look at the pictures, but you couldn't read it because their storylines were horrible oh because it was the, the era of the artist. Youngblood was – oh. <laughs> Oh, so that blood was so bad. Smelled, man. <laughs> so bad. Oh it, my God. Stormwatch. It, yeah. So bad. And uh, don't forget. Uh, oh, who was uh, Shadowhawk? Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, God. I, Valentino. Oh, I God. had number one of that, but I didn't read. I never I, read it. I think the only two good books that came out of the initial image was Spawn and Wildcats and, and Savage Dragon. And Spawn got bad when. God, it must have been issue five or six, and you already had him using guns. I'm like, well, pff, yeah. this is done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked a lot of the um, the guest writer ones that he had for a while because he had what Alan Moore and Dave, uh, Dave Sim and Frank Miller and you know all come in and write a write a book and Neil Gaiman. Right. So well, it's because McFarlane realized I can't write. No. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so there was some good there was some good stuff there, and um, and not to mention, uh, Greg Capullo was introduced to us right. in this book, right. and um, you know. Mike Grell had a really good title there called uh, Shaman's Tears. That was yeah, really good. yeah, that was good. That was that really was good. good. I enjoyed but, that. But remember, that's when they realized we can't make this company just on what we have. we got to start pulling in other talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, you know what? Jot, someone jot this down. We actually need to talk about the evolution of Image. because Yeah, that could be a great show. Because Image started off as a horrible company. And now, if you want to do anything that's not superhero and cutting edge, you take it to Image. Yeah. So... Yeah, they've right. come a long way in, yeah. what, the 25 years, I guess, yeah. they've been in business? 1992, gentlemen, so that makes it 27 years. 27 so, years. Yeah, they certainly hey, evolved over the years. Have you got something else about uh, train wreck stories? I know you do. Of course I do. Um, we're going to go back to our good boy, Rob Liefeld, and we're going to talk about some Heroes Reborn. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We so. talked about, this is what we talked about at work. Uh-huh. So 19, uh, uh, let me know when I can jump in, please. 1996 to 97 comic book story from Marvel Comics. Um, Marvel temporarily outsourced the production of, of it, some of its most famous comics to some past employees such as Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld. I'm sure Jim Lee's books looked wonderful. He was he, he worked he did the work on the Fantastic Four. There's there's a wonderful cover here of Onslaught Reborn Two here. I'm seeing I'm seeing <laughs> Thor. Uh, looks like Mr. Fantastic, the Human Torch, Ben Grimm, uh, Captain America, the Incredible Hulk, Invisible Woman, and someone I can't identify there in the background. I get, you guys you guys want to know how many feet I see? <laughs> None. None. I see two <laughs> feet. The Hulk's two feet And they're both left on the same that, person. That's it. <laughs> Nobody else is showing any feet. Um, but, yeah, they, they decided to restart things, you know, cancel their mainstream uh, titles and restart with number ones, which has become a common occurrence here. This is apparently one of the first times it happened, but certainly not the last. And it was just awful. And this was yes. during the period where Marvel Awful. was basically doing anything to stay afloat because this is bankruptcy. the beginning of their bankruptcy. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, I'm sure the Jim Lee books looked amazing. But. Oh, man. Um, I bought 
I did buy these in trade paperback just to simply say I have them. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to go home while I read my Captain America one and have a good laugh. You want to so, see so, Captain America and his triple Ds? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little madman. So the, the, the problem <laughs> – see, the whole <laughs> – the whole problem with that picture is it's supposed to be profile. It's supposed to be side, but he had to have put he had to put both chest muscles in there. Exactly. But he still did profile of the abs. I was like, no, Rob, that's not possible. No, the body don't right. twist that way. And, and, <laughs> and like um, one one of my fr- from coworkers, uh, Eric Torrison and I, um, one night we had a break in the action and we were talking about that and we laughed for about twenty five minutes about just that just that drawing alone. Yeah. So, and if you ever, if, if, folks, if you're ever depressed, and life is getting on your nerves, look up Rob Liefeld's Captain America on Google. Look it under images, and it comes look, right up. It comes right up, and look at the way he draws that chest. Oh. If this doesn't cure your depression, Batman does not have twenty years. They need to look, actually look for the gift where the boobs are flapping. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's impressive. It is so yeah, yeah, impressive. Well, I've got it called up yeah, right here. Because, so impressive. Because the way, if you look at it a certain way, you think it's Terry Crews with his um pecs bumping up and down like what he does the, it all. What am I looking at here? <laughs> Did you look it up? Okay. Yeah. You you see it. You see it. So what's that? What? If you, yeah. Oh no no no! It gets better. If you really want to have some fun, Google search Rob Liefeld sucks. And you will get a web page that'll give you like the fifty oh, worst yeah. examples of his art. Oh, that's a wonderful page. <laughs> oh my, that's a wonderful page. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is we're going to put our foot in Rob Liefeld's butt tonight. Right. <laughs> so, all right, you wanted to jump on the Heroes Reborn. Was that your jump on? Uh, yes, I because did. I have and a jump on and your jump on. We're playing leapfrog. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> and on the heels of uh, Heroes Reborn was the dreaded Heroes Return because Heroes. Return smelled so doggone bad, Marvel had no choice but to bring their regular heroes back. And this introduced, brought on Sean Chen uh, with Iron Man and the team of Kurt Busiek and the incredible George Perez on the Avengers one last time. And um, I can't remember who did Captain America and... Um, and uh, the Fantastic Four, I can't remember who who was brought on on that, but they all came back. I think, no, Carlos Pacheco. That's mm-hmm. who that was. Very underrated artist. And um, But that was supposed to be like, yeah, everybody's happy. And everyone was like, oh, yeah. And uh, they brought John Romita Jr. and Dan Jurgens on, th- um, Dan Jurgens on writing chores and John Romita Jr. on Thor, which began that landmark run. But um, Marvel was banking on okay, nobody was buying Heroes uh, Heroes Reborn, so let's do a Heroes Return. That smelled too, so maybe because everyone like okay, business as usual. And but there's another storyline before that that led into the Heroes Reborn, the the Avengers, the Crossing. Oh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I, the train wreck that I have, but you go ahead. The Avengers The Crossing was the one that gave us somehow Tony Stark going back in time and coming back as a 16-year-old kid. And wow, <laughs> okay, I am so glad I avoided that And one. And this also, but, don't, but, but you know, one thing that's good about comics, for everything bad, there's one thing good. And this was the debut of the incredible Mike Diodato on Thor. Really? Okay. Wow. And that introduced Thor's new costume and what have you. Even though he didn't stay around long, um, for the this was always tied into the onslaught deal. Uh, but the Avengers crossed the crossing, which I'll be purchasing in hardcover just for the sake of saying I have the book with that debuted Mike Diodato's Thor. That was the only saving grace. The whole story made no sense. It was trying to bring different Avengers with different storylines, and everything. And it was truly a WTF book because you were just as confused while reading it as you were you were done reading it as you were when you were when when you were reading. You were still left going, "What the?" So what he hasn't mentioned is that yes, he'll buy the hardcover of it. He won't read it, and when you ask him where it is, he'll be like, "It's over there, you know, leveling that table I put underneath that leg." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you guys both mentioned that heroes are born and the heroes return, but it's funny. While those were huge train wrecks, I went back to the original cause of the debacle, and that was the onslaught 
events. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because remember, Onslaught was the whole one where for some reason that I have still fathom, and I read the thing from the beginning, and I still have scratched my head. Professor X, um, Magneto, they merge their psyches, and as a result, he goes crazy. Yeah. And yeah. become this big armored entity that's wiping yeah, out on Manhattan. Shaking he his head. Looked, he looked like a, a, a rejected Shogun warrior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he looked like a Kaiju a Gong, gong concept. But, who, was he, who was the artist on that? Huh? I, I don't remember. But here's, but here's what was funny. So, was it Leftfield? No. No, it wasn't no, a Leftfield. Uh, onslaught, let's call onslaught. it. Onslaught. But here's what was funny. So they decide that the only way that they can defeat this thing is all the non-mutant characters have to go into the energy field that is Onslaught, right? Which is, you know, the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Iron Man, all of them go in there. Right. And then the X-Men kill him while they're in his energy field. And I think, well, aren't you killing the, the heroes that are, are in him? Um, but then you find out, because of Heroes Reborn, well, no, they didn't actually kill them. Just Franklin Richards shuffled them off into a pocket universe. Because remember, oh, at, the, at the time, Franklin Richards had this amazing cosmic power because who his parents were. No one addressed the fact that Franklin Richards is basically a freaking mutant. Yeah. <laughs> so He's one of the most powerful mutants out right. there, too. He's yeah. a omega-level mutant. Right. But then I was like, okay, so let me see if I have this right. You're going to take all the heroes that made your company. You're taking the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, Iron Man. Um, they made your company, and you're now going to put them in their own pocket universe. So all that you have left now are the mutants and Spider-Man. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I mean, what? that's a great idea. Let's and it's like, just get why? rid of all our great and, characters. And, Hulk, and... and it's like, why did, why did Spider-Man stay? Madman, to answer your question, believe it or not, Andy Kubert. Oh really? Yeah, I just saw wow. that. I, I was I was looking at that. I didn't want to say anything because I was like, no, there's no way. There's uh, no he way. He did. This got this has to be wrong. <laughs> he did. That's a typo. That's got to be a typo. Uh, it wasn't Andy Kubert. It can't have been You don't ever Andy hear Kubert. him talking about it, do you? Yeah, you, uh, you the don't reason brag for that. that, right? Yeah. But I can tell you, and and I was remembering this as I was, you know, looking into this story. That's when I gave up on X Men. I was an avid X Men reader until that event came along. Because I think even didn't uh, the whole um, apocalypse thing happen before that? Yes, before, and even that a, a, was exactly that was a year that, before. And even yeah, that, that was, was a little sketchy, but yeah. it still worked out in the end. This was such a train wreck that I was just like, "Yeah, you know." It's, I almost wanted to do that whole take a brush and scrub my brain through my ear move that you see in cartoons because I'm like, "What the hell did I just read?" What killed it for me for that X Men thing that did X Men Age of Apocalypse? You could not sell me on Wolverine with one hand. Right. How did that just. <laughs> That's a dumb idea. Yeah, right? that Wolver, you see Wolverine with one hand with paws out, and all you see is a nub. But <laughs> all I just, you see is wrist. I just. Yeah, I just remember. I don't remember what the reasoning for that was. What? I, who knows, yeah. man? It just. That was such a horrible moment that it dawned on me in, in research, and it's like, you know what? That was one I gave up on X Men. That was a title and an event that just, okay, I'm done. You. It was obvious that. Everything Chris Claremont had laid down before was just chucked out the window. Um, so, yeah, that, that was it. Um, you guys got anything else? Cause I, got it. I got another one in here. You're going to love this one. I um, know you're going to love this one, Enos. So this is one that made me do something that I never thought that, that I would ever do, and that was cancel my Captain America subscription. Is this where he said Hail Hydra? No. <laughs> I, was actually not, I was actually not reading new comics at that uh. time, so it wasn't that. I that one did tick me off when I heard about it, but there was also a part of me that was intrigued. I was like, "This could be good. Maybe I should give it a chance." I didn't, but I thought about it for a moment. No, this was the Marvel Now run of of Captain America, where he goes to another dimension and he's go you know, and he's there and he and he gets an orphan child that he raises as his son. And I was like, "No, oh, what the this, hell? Just, wow. this just doesn't work." <laughs> it's a thrust into a bizarre, inhospitable world far from the. Far from home, the all-new, high-adventure, mind-melting, tough-as-nails, sci-fi, public, pulp fantasy era of Captain America is now. Who said yes to that project? I don't know. And, and also, Madman, may I also add that when you've got that many adjectives, that sucker is, is lame. <laughs> the, the saga of Dimension Z begins here. Now and you, it, it just wasn't good. You have to, you have to remember, okay, um, and, and for our listeners out there, if it sounds like we bash Marvel a lot, it's because we do. Uh, but <laughs> you have to remember, all of these train wrecks at Marvel that started with the Clone Saga and, and then one more day and everything after that, 
um, with all the the the, the Marvel Nows and all that, it's all under the direction of their editor-in-chief, Joe Casada. So mm. maybe they need to change the reins of who runs that company. Yeah, I think. Yeah. That Wasn't be Bob idea. Harris there too? Yeah, but I, I think he's been long gone. Yeah, it, it, you know, this, like I said, this made me give up give up Captain America. I was like, no, I, I'm just, I'm not feeling this, Captain. You know, he, he doesn't work. I, I mean, when he's with the Avengers... You know, another dimension story like that that could, that could work with as a, as a member of the of the Avengers, but you know, on his own, he really needs to be that kind of street level uh, hero. The, yeah, he's that, a city boy. That's you know? dealing that's dealing with the Nazis. Yeah, that whole and, premise and stuff like just that. sounded you know, it, horrible. It's just you know, in his in in another dimension, just that doesn't it doesn't work. So here's the thing: <laughs> every month you get previews and and you look at it and it tells you what's coming up. How many people reading previews saw the storyline for that the Captain America and still bought it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I gave it a chance because, because it was Captain America. Because that's one what I'd have been like hard pass. So <laughs> yeah, had it been any other hero besides Captain America, it I would have done been the same thing. I, you know, I, I would have been I would have been hard pass. Or and like Madman said, you know, it may have even been interesting. But I was like, no, what? I'm going to give it a chance. It's Captain America. I'm going to keep an open mind because I love right. Captain America. So we have seven minutes. I have a great one on my list. Do you have something left on yours? Very quickly. It's part of the um, broken the Nightfall storyline, Nightfall, Night's Quest, okay. and Night's Win. Now, I Night's want you, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I want you to look at my notes. <laughs> I have the exact I same one. You, Nightfall, I Night Quest, and Night's End. You and I are on the same wavelength on too many things. And this is one of them. I'll start and you can take the set. Sure, absolutely. It started off great with the Nightfall storyline where Batman was so dedicated, rounding up everybody to get him back into Arkham. And after they broke his back and you saw where he was going to go from there, the whole storyline went downhill and it went from you were guessing when they were going to bring Bruce. You knew they were going to bring Bruce Wayne back, but just a matter of when. Yeah. And it got to the point like, hurry, bring <laughs> Bruce back now. <laughs> hurry, oh, man. come on. Asriel wasn't it, that bad. Oh, he hell yes, he was. Oh, man. Come on, guys. That it, was sarcasm. You know it, that. It, yeah. it went from, oh, this is okay. I, I You know, I want to. I want to bring Bruce back. And you're right. It went to, God, please bring Bruce back. <laughs> it, the moment. The moment they showed Osriel in the new bat costume. Oh my god. Three words, ladies and gentlemen. Oh hell no. Okay. Well <laughs> here's well here's what was really bad about it too. So Nightfall, and this is the part that's that's almost really annoying. Nightfall stayed within the Batman books. So it was Batman four ninety two to five hundred right. and Detective six fifty nine to six sixty six. Right. Great. It stayed contained in the Batman books. Beautiful. Loved it. Then Night Quest came out. Oh, Lord. Night Quest of Crusade and Night Quest of Search. Remember, it was in two arcs. Right. And they ran in Batman 501 to 508, Detective 667 and 675. But then they also had all these other tie-ins. So it was tie-in to, like, Catwoman and yeah. Showcase. And another books I did, And another books I didn't want to freaking pick up just to keep up with the story. Right. And you knew it was a smelly storyline when they had Bruce Wayne like Professor X sitting in a chair leading people. Right. And then they did the same thing. It got it got worse, worse when we got to Night's End because Night's End only covered four issues um, from Batman and Detective. So Batman five hundred nine and five ten, and Detective six seventy six and six seventy seven um, uh, was Night's End. All the rest of that story played out in like Catwoman, Showcase, Robin. So if you wanted that complete story to find out how to does he get all back, of you had to buy, buy all the tie-ins. And gee, how convenient they were! All the crap books that weren't selling. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, of course. The only the only two books are the ones that 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 you named that this fell into that actually were selling were Catwoman and Robin. Right. They were the only ones. And, other ones smelled. And that was the Catwoman that was being done by, by Jim, Jim Ballant. And that yes. was a great series. Um. So that one I and I think I was already buying that one. So it was no big deal for. But I didn't want to buy Robin and Showcase because those both you were stinking up the you, room. The, I bought the Robin because that was when Bruce. That was a, that was a significant issue because Bruce put the costume back on, and um the art was done by another unsung artist that no one gives props to, Tom Grummet. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. really good too. Did a lot of work on Superman during, yeah, the, during the death story. And, and it's funny that you actually said that, and I mentioned Superman, because 
in the article I was reading, they even said that had they known that DC was going to do the death of Superman, they would have postponed the Batman, Nightfall, Nightquest, and I said because they didn't plan to have two events going at the same. Right. The problem was the main editors of DC didn't have the two teams communicate. So you just got over all the event fatigue from Superman, and now we're going to break Batman's back. Yeah. Yeah. That was some that was like, bad timing yeah. on that one. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't reading a lot of DC at that time. I was still, you know, very much a Marvel zombie. But right. But so and and it's funny. I think Enos and I are probably on the same page on this one too. The initial story with Bane, then the villain he can't beat, and finally he breaks Batman. Literally, that was great. I was on board of that. But then you didn't make Dick Grayson Batman, and immediately like, no, no, no. What what was it? The Doctor Dud. The, the Doctor does on uh, the sitcom uh, Scrubs. Wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Dick didn't really want to be Batman. He was going to take it. Well, he was going to take it, but he actually did take it. After after the Night's End storyline, Bruce returned, and um, this was as part of the um, what was that miniseries, um. Zero Hour. Right. Yes. Right on the heels of Zero Hour, Bruce came and took the mantle of Batman long enough to give it to Dick Grayson, and it led into a storyline called Prodigal, which was Dick Grayson. But remember, that was because he got Azrael out of the suit. Right. He wasn't ready to take over He wasn't ready. And to this day, I am still looking for a story that explains where he was from late 94 until um, the um, spring of 1995, when he came back with the all-black costume, because and it, it, it wasn't. And if you notice, they brought him back and debuted him in that black costume just in time for Batman Forever to Absolutely. premiere. <laughs> of course they did. Oh well, yeah, everything's got to tie to the movies. Yep. But yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that because I, after I was taking my notes and I was writing this down, I says, I get, bet you anything Enos is going to have this on his list. I'm going to have to start texting him ahead of time. Like, hey, man, where do you come for the show? <laughs> I, I don't want us to be crossing Maybe. bases. All right, so actually, you know, we might have to revisit some of these train wreck stories because I know there's a couple <laughs> of them out there that I didn't put on the list because. I don't know. I'm getting pretty few, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to those night. You know, Nightfall stories and Nazriel as Batman. It's just this whiny little idiot. I know. And you're just... We have a mad mad man on our hands. I'm getting so angry all over again. I know. know. And and it's it's funny. And I think... I don't know about Tommy if you read it, but I know all three of us felt the same way. The first arc was was great. great. It was great. Loved it. And then it just went off the rails and you were like, let me off this thing. (laughs) Because you knew it was going to end bad. And and like (laughs) the moment they were going... And I had seen... um, this thing coming on, uh, they had previewed on Entertainment Tonight. I got to give props to Entertainment Tonight because if you wanted to go anywhere for news on comic book related stuff, Entertainment Tonight was the first ones to do it. Right, exactly. Well, and, um, remember, they were the only game in town in, exactly. back in the 90s. And so when I saw the Osriel, it was in passing. I didn't get to see it all. I was like, oh no, no, they're not going to do that to him. And sure enough, that's what they did. What and they the did. moment they put Osriel in that costume, we want Bruce. We want Bruce. Hurry up, Bruce. Heal, please, please. Yeah. Well, we are out of time. Um, so make sure we get our shout-outs to everybody. Remember, Madman has got Shock Monkey Radio Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Tune in listen to him. Enos has got his two Facebook pages, Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever, on the realm of uh, superheroes, pop, uh, Damn it, I'll get to superheroes, comics, and pop culture. Ding! Got it. <laughs> yes, it took me a while to get there. So until next time. Uh, we actually have our YouTube channel. I uploaded Oh, and we do have a way. YouTube now. So, okay, that's up and working. You'll see, t- you'll see two of them. One of them is the one Randy has to delete, and the other one has an actual video of us doing a show, our April 24th show. Oh, cool. So, oh, yes, yeah. so visit us on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, uh, uploading videos over the next few days. And in the next couple of weeks, we should also have a Patreon set up for those of you that want to support us. And please, we need some support because we're about to get into a legal hassle with somebody else who we won't mention that. If you really want to know, you can email us at lostinalongbox at gmo.com, and I'll give you the skinny. Um, until next time, we're going to be down here wondering, you know, for a guy who can eat anything – what does matter eater lad consider junk food? <laughs> Why, Tommy? Because we're lost in the long box. <laughs> yes, and we are. Mad props on the matter eater lad. Thank Man. you. It's mad props. Legion Thank reference. you, everyone. Good night, Good night everyone. everyone.